0: All right, it is Wednesday, May 5th. Welcome to Ohioan. Um Craig's taking the morning off. I got Brandon with me. Brandon, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Uh Chris, thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, no problem. Uh it was um Craig was covering the election yesterday. And I gotta tell you, a strange election. I was at a Canton Repository um reporter meeting yesterday, and one of the reporters said in Stark County they're expecting 5% participation in the election, and we talked about that yesterday. I mean, it really wasn't a ton on the ballot, but, man, 5% seems really low.
1: Sorry, you broke up that last bit, Chris. Oh, what no, was that last bit?
0: No problem. I'm just saying 5% seems really low, so it'll be in there. I'll, I'll update you more on what we hear today, but uh, the turnout was
1: a real low yesterday. It was – well, there wasn't – I mean I was seeing some chatter on uh Facebook. Um just like people saying, I didn't even realize it was election day. I think May the fourth got more publicity than elections. Um you know, um this is certainly the time for to put any kind of levy or uh thing you definitely want a past. Um yeah, that's uh um yeah, that would be definitely um, the time to do it because turnout was really low. Some people, I think, said that, you know, some votes, they only took, it was very low margins tight. I guess not many people have voted on a certain levy or issue in, for the schools in their area. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, you want to say all elections are important. Um, I looked up my own ballot yesterday when I re- didn't realize it was election day myself and I didn't see anything for me, but. I was walking my dog in a, a precinct next door, not too far from me, um, uh, was v- voting on something. And um, they even asked if my dogs were registered.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> in, in the reason I bring up, I, I kind of threw this on Yeah, I didn't put this in the show sheet. Uh, but, you know, we've been talking over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, Georgia had that changing election law, uh, which, hey, no matter what side you're on, it, it's making it more difficult for people to vote. I mean, I think that's a given. I know there's some disagreement on the rage of, you know, how difficult people are making it. But anything to make it harder for people to vote is a pain. And it kind of made me shake my head. I didn't recognize the group. Uh, I think it was a Republican group. I believe Ohio Christian Association. They put out a press release yesterday. And, again, it's more of this, oh, outrage, you know how dare we have election that nobody knows about? And these school levies are trying to get these school levies, you know, you know, passed with no votes and everything. And it's like, well, look, your group is supporting, and there's a proposal here in Ohio too that would make it a little bit more tough for people to vote, kind of do more restrictions on hours and everything. And it's like, hey, you know, here's my take. If you're a Republican or a Democrat, make it easier for people to vote. <laughs> let's just do it like that. And it's not even, hey, I want to support a certain group. I just want to support America. Uh, you know, we all get grumpy when a few people show up, but we get very grumpy certain political parties to make it hard for people to vote. So I, I it's a good reminder. But let's make it easier for people to vote. Let's get more information out there so we don't have 5% showing up to vote. Because that doesn't... That doesn't help anybody, if you're Republican or Democrat.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I always think back to um, you know, the slogan that um the colonists were saying, uh supposedly. Um I guess sloganering back then didn't kill kill jokes for the record, but you know, it was the, it's it's uh it's hot as what, no taxation without representation. Um we all love the first part, probably the part of that, no taxation. Usually we're like, yay, but uh, it really, what, what the crux of it wasn't what that first, that's, uh, it was the second line that's more important without representation, like not having um, a voice necessarily in the parliament, uh, British parliament back then, or even with the king. Um, so it's definitely, um, you know, important that you're on the side of representation, um, I guess, political representation at minimum. Um so at least if you can be on the side of political representation at minimum like everyone has is a, you're you're representing the accurate count an accurate uh proportion percentage of your constituency um that's only that's that's only going to make our democracy better um you know um there's always been talks of like well can we make voting mandatory or You know, should we have an electorate that, you know, what if you have uninformed people to vote for? You know, does that mean that they shouldn't be allowed to vote? I mean, quite frankly, you know, if voting was mandatory and people were required to go to the ballot box, um, you know, even if they turned in a blank ballot. I mean, if the fact that you're you're kind of requiring a little bit of a civic participation duty, um. You know, I think that there might be some people who will get informed. I think it's just kind of um, the days of being an apolitical. Oh, I'm just going to go through my life without being fully engaged um, are coming to an end. Um, And technically, it's kind of interesting how people have noted in the media, you know, with Biden taking over as president and there's not as, uh, you know, Trump's not there anymore to make things, everything political and everyone's kind of tuned, wired in to some degree. Um, it's kind of sad in a way, because maybe it was that was a blessing in disguise with Trump in office for the last four years is where everyone's more engaged than ever, you know, right. just because it was chaotic. But still, I mean, can we have a, a, some somewhere where people are still engaged, even though Biden's boring? <laughs> Can we can we get can we still be engaged? Uh, that's all I asked for. Well,
0: yeah, I think it's hard now. You mentioned the media. I mean, there was a time when early in my uh, journalism career, I worked for a um, paper in Maslin. and we covered. I'm guessing probably like twelve areas. We covered eighty to ninety percent of all the meetings. I mean, if the meetings there, we're there. You can't do that anymore. I mean, there's been cutbacks in media and everything else. And I'll be honest with you, some means that we covered did not get attention with our readers. And I think gone are the days. I mean, I remember I used to cover a Jackson Township. It was kind of a bigger area there. They would have a police levy. And since we were at every meeting, in essence, we were writing stories about the levy because you go to the meeting, people would talk about the police levy. And you know, you would get eight, nine weeks of police people saying why they liked it. And if there's an opposition group, the opposition group would go to meetings and you get quotes from why people didn't like it. You don't have it anymore. And you know you can sit there and argue, is that right? Is that wrong? Sorry, that's the way the business is right now. Elections are still covered. There's still like preview stories, but we don't get as much coverage as we did in the past. We can't. I mean, it doesn't make financial sense. So I think it's on like townships and everything, to advertise their levies and everything. It, it, it's on people just to... I, I think the electorate needs to understand why it's important to go vote. Um, you know, the 5%, I, I mean, I, I'll i be honest. I didn't get a chance to go vote yesterday. It was a crazy night last night. Um, so I, I'm not going to sit here and yell at people not for voting and say it should be mandatory. I think it needs to be on, uh, you know, the people. I, I mean, your townships, your candidates and everything. But... Prove it, you know, show shows why
1: we should care. Well, I think that's the crux of it, though, is a lot of times municipalities and townships and schools are kind of finger crossing a little bit, Chris. I think they're kind of hoping, you know, for right. not too many people to turn out. Yeah. Um, they, their goal is to get something passed, rubber stamped and move on. Um, and I think... So relying on them to kind of broadcast or advertise, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't in the hopes that low turnout would would mean that you only get people who probably, if they cared enough to vote, they cared enough to pass probably this levy because, you know, oh yeah, what, for one reason or another. So um, well, maybe that would we, just be my, my take. Maybe we
0: need to rethink the rules and say, hey, if you're putting like a uh, financial issue, do it in the fall. I mean, I'm not even sure if that makes sense, but you do it in the fall when there tends to be more people on the ballot. I mean, well, lot more people going. There's more people in the ballot, more people going to vote. It's hard. It, it, it all depends on where you were at yesterday. Um, I know Cincinnati, they had a mayor pri- primary, and um, John Cranley's not running for mayor again. Uh, it looks like um, uh, the current Cincinnati mayor uh, will probably run for Ohio governor. Um, so it was a big deal in Cincinnati. I mean, you know, there's a lot of coverage in the local paper and everything. But there were other towns like, you know, the, the Fremont-Sandusky area uh, where Craig "Yeah, yesterday hey, it was just a couple of issues. That was it. So very interesting to see what happens. And sorry, kind of <laughs> dovetailed off that a little bit. But let's talk about some of the other things uh, that were happening in the news as well. Um, LeBron James. Uh, last week, man, a lot of stories Uh, There was the tragic, just very sad um, shooting of Micaiah Bryant. Uh, She was a 16-year-old person of color. Um, She lived in a foster home. Uh, There was a fight. Um, The police were called. Uh, Video seemed to say she had a knife in her hand. Uh, Police shot and killed her. And the reasoning was, hey, you know, if we didn't get there in time, she could have stabbed somebody. And, you know, we've talked about this on the show. I I think the police were okay in that viewpoint, but what makes me personally sad is the policy stinks. The policies, our system's broken, and there's been a lot of good coverage um, in the media about what's happened with the foster care system, and it's personal. I've got uh, two kids that were in foster homes uh, in the past, so, I mean, it's really personal for me, so. Although you can make the argument that in this case, you know, the police, I mean, this wasn't necessarily a Derek Chauvin case. It's sad because we shouldn't get to that system where teens are being shot and killed. Well, that's beside the point. Um, LeBron James, you know, obviously famous basketball player. Uh, He's made his opinions known, and he's got the right to. He's a human being just like any of us, and he's got a platform because he's a great basketball player. Um, He made a tweet right after shooting uh, where there was pictures that nearby neighbors were taking of the police officers that shot Micaiah. And he said, hey, you're next, accountability. And I think LeBron's point was more saying, hey, look, this is the same day Derek Chauvin uh, was found guilty. And look, this guy should be found guilty, too. But, you know, maybe it wasn't the best time tweet because some the way some people took it was saying, oh, we should go after and kill this police officer, or whatever the case might be. So he got all kinds of junk and everything. Uh, he, he made a tweet now saying, look, I, I think, I'm, fuel, I think I, I'm fueling this in another way uh, that I should have. There was a story about Vox saying, hey, McKay had some issues. And then uh, if you look at some of the news coverage, I don't think people are necessarily protesting what the police did was right or not. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of support what LeBron did. Um, I think LeBron's got the right to be upset. A lot of people are upset, rightfully so. But, I, you know, Brandon, look at your tweets. I'm sure not all of your tweets, You probably, if you look back and say, hey, maybe those weren't the best tweets, maybe I should have worded it differently. I at least applaud LeBron for st- standing up and saying, hey, you know, this wasn't geared the right way, but, you know, he still cares about what he cares about.
1: Yeah. um I, you know, honestly, this case is really a stickler uh, or like a sticky. It's very, cause like, it's a nuance. It's so nuanced. It, it's like you have um, um, on one hand you have, um, you know, if this case, ha- if this kind of situation had occurred. I don't know, four years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, no one would probably care, um, just to be blunt. Um, you know, we probably wouldn't even have video um, or body camera footage for that matter. But, um, you know, we would have maybe had a report. They would have just, the media would have probably just mentioned, well, the cop shoot, shot her after, after um, she had to, uh, um, was going after another person with a knife. Um, you know, and that would be the end of it. Um I think though of course it's just another case study in this long narrative of issues in terms of police of uh, police interaction with the Black community um and that's just like it, it's it's um and that's really kind of how it's framing this case study I don't know if if I think the bigger picture is though for me is it's not to me it's not about this perk this cop in the sense like I know people are on this path of we want to hold everyone accountable i get that and i i understand that for me it's just like there is something there's something wrong in terms of the fact that an officer got there uh, on scene got out um and right away um went straight for the gun shooting a person with a um you know without knowing the situation without knowing how did this how do we get to this point um you know obviously he was acting instinctively trying to protect this, uh, you know, just saying, oh, I saw someone, you know, getting attacked. Um, cause I looked at the video, it was like very less than a minute to gauge the situation. I, and i and I just wonder the question, I think it's a fair question is, can we, um, uh, c- was the gun the best solution at that time? You know? Um, and, and, um, I think that, you know, we'll still have that debate for a while, but it's like, what, You know, imagine I keep thinking like, imagine if an intruder broke into my home, you know, and I'm fighting off this intruder. Maybe I call the cops, but I, you know, I I've heard so many people always tell me I have a gun in my home because the cops take too long to get to my house. Um, So I don't know if that's necessarily true or not for some jurisdictions. But if you're fighting off uh, the intruder, let's say, and it gets the fight takes over into the lawn, how would you feel if a cop pulls up, gets out of the car, sees you? to overpowering an intruder, um, and then you shoot, and he, the cop shoots you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, 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 I mean, that's what it's almost a comparison to. We don't know, we don't know how we still, I'm still a little so, hazy over on whether we started this, this confrontation. It sounded like Bryant had called for help, but I'm still not sure if that was um, fully the case here. It seems like the story's changing here and there, um, so feel free, people, to, to check and read the stories. Um, And just reading them made me kind of sad, but I think that's why this is one of those kind of situations where we, we need to have some sort of intermediary, something between a police, an armed police officer and some sort of social worker somewhere who's capable of disarming someone with a knife or, you know, someone who, someone that's able to, um, you know, Make sure, prevent a sixteen year old girl from doing something stupid. I I don't know how we can why we can't come up with some sort of professional role like that that doesn't require brute force right away.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's I, why, and well, that's what I was saying. I mean, they, they were probably following the policy, but the policy stinks. And if you're a police officer, you can only follow the rules that are in front of you. But the policy stinks. The policy definitely changed. We just need to do more, and and just think. Okay, even if you were the victim, like the the girl that was about ready to be stabbed, wouldn't you want your attacker to still be alive so they could face punishment? Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like, like I I don't well,
1: know. That, we're, we're we're in this day and age where I feel like punishment isn't isn't preventing crime anymore like the death penalty the life in prison i don't think those are deterrents from committing crimes i mean look at all the mass shooters many of them have killed themselves um or got killed um and, and aren't facing justice um you know there's no fear of that anymore it's almost like um how we view crime and crime and punishment has evolved as hum- as we are as human beings i don't know if it's that's always been the case or, um, but you know, that's why we have those kinds of punishments is to deter people from committing crimes in the first place. And, um, I think it's, maybe it's a mental health issue, a mental health crisis in this country. But, uh, I just think that we need to direct our energies from one of being punitive and being one of more constructive.
0: Well, it's everything you've said before. I mean, mental health, I think that's a serious issue in this country. Um, you look at the foster care system, and I'm not ripping the foster care system. I'm part of the foster care system. But you the foster care system is hurting for families that want to take kids in and want to take kids in for the right reasons. I mean, foster homes get paid. They get paid to help pay for the kids. Um, you know, help pay for their clothing, their food, and everything. Uh, there's a lot of parents that take advantage of it. You know, they keep the money for themselves. They're like, hey, it's never paycheck for me, not for the kids. And these kids are getting mistreated. Uh, the foster care system doesn't know where else to go because they don't want to find a home for some of these kids. And it, it just, I mean, it, it stinks to high heavens. I mean, we got to change. The police policy needs change, for one. Uh, we need a better foster care system that invites people parents that are going to love these kids to, to get involved. I, I think that's a society. Not that everyone needs to become foster care parents, but take that step if you feel led to, you, you know, take that step where uh, not everyone should do it, but, you know, if you can, why not? Um, you, you talk about mental health. That's a big issue. Uh, talk about education. I mean, you know, we're talking about uh, possibly overhauling the way we fund education. Um look at it, you know, Brandon, we cover all of Ohio, but you and I are both here in the Columbus area. Obviously if you had the choice, you'd probably rather send your kids like to Dublin schools and Columbus schools. Well, it makes sense with the way we're, we're going now, but we we got to change that too uh, because you've got inner city schools that aren't getting the money, they're not able to provide what they need to provide. Uh, so, so the system stinks, and I think it's easy for some people to just say, oh, the, you know, the police guy was right or the police guy was wrong. I hate the way that the system has created such a situation where we have to judge the system based on if a police officer was right in shooting a girl or not. The system failed Makia Bryant for years before she even got to that situation where she was shot with a police officer. So, yeah, we need reform all around. I I guess that's what I'm saying. And I get also sad, too. you, You look at a guy like LeBron James. Uh, We talked last week for a while. Uh, There was this um, pub owner in the Cincinnati area who tried to make some news for himself and say, hey, I'm not going to show any more NBA games on my bar TVs until LeBron's expelled from the league. And, you know, he's saying, well, I'm tired of sports players voicing their opinion. Brand, I'm going to call people out. That's racism, to be honest with you. Because you look at our our sports, uh, a lot of our – Players, um, I mean, it's predominantly people of color. So why do we sit there and say I don't want to hear people share their opinion? You know, shop and dribble or whatever the case might be. That's wrong because what we're saying is, hey, people of color, I you don't matter to me in what you think about what's happening in society. You matter to me because you can slam the basketball, or you matter to me because you can lead my favorite team to NBA title. No. We all have the right to voice our opinion. And if we have a big platform, if we're a superstar player, if we're a politician, if we're a media personality, whatever the case might be, we're allowed to share our opinion. Now, somebody could say, hey, I don't agree with that opinion. But when you say, I only hear people voice their opinion, we're not American anymore. And if we're saying, hey, I only hear players that are predominantly people of color voice their opinion, we're racist and i i mean yeah we could talk all day about this police issue and this is a big issue but i think it's showing how much we're broken our system's broken and we're broken as people when we're screaming at lebron for having the ability
1: to voice his opinion on something it sucks yeah i i think um um yeah, it means you said, you nailed it on the head on there. I think in terms of, um, pe- you know, people, he, LeBron has every right to voice, use his uh brand to spread his message. Um, you can disagree with him. Um, it, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, we're coming to an era where I feel like being apolitical is coming to an end. Uh, just being like at least in the public spotlight or the public sphere, um just like but you know there is a, some sort of a desire to be go back to being apolitical quite quickly i mean if you look at with you know with the biden um biden's boringness kind of you know people are no longer turn it, tuning in to cnn or local media because there's, the news isn't as juicy or whatever um it's um you know and i can understand that appeal of just trying to have some sort of spot of your life being apolitical but you know we're living in i guess a tumultuous time i guess that's the right word for it um you know where just putting your head in the sand and just you know living your life uh without a care in the world is just kind of unacceptable uh i mean i don't know i think it's like if you disagree with lebron then and if but if this issue doesn't personally affect you i guess to a degree just stay out of the conversation and don't do harm i guess as they as they always say if you got nothing good to say, don't say it at all. Or, you know, um, and if it's, you know, unless you feel like it affects you in some way, I mean, um, you know, and I think to even say, well, this will reduce policing and, um, you know, it makes me feel less safe. I mean, even that's, I, to say that, I think it's like, I mean, like for those who've ever had a call police officer, uh, to the scene, I guess they have more of a say in terms of how they feel about policing. But, um, um, you know, really, this is just, for this issue particularly, it's just, you know, we have a system, the status quo is just not acceptable, and there needs to be a conversation of how we can transform, not necessarily define, but transform policing in this country.
0: And look at, I, I mean, I think currently, you know, Brian and I, we live in areas of Columbus that, are integrated, um, but you know, I hear a lot of people who say, you know, the shop and draw or sports athletes shouldn't voice their opinion. Well, you may not understand how other people live if you're in a predominantly white area. You know, maybe you're, and your main interactions with people of color are watching people play basketball games. Hey, you can live in your area. I'm not saying you have to live to move to the inner city. But understand what people are, are talking about and going through. Um, you know, Michael Jordan used to not talk about these things, and his argument was always, well, Republicans buy shoes, too, so that's why I'm not going to say anything. Well, it would probably make more financial sense for LeBron not to say anything. But why he's saying something is this he cares about personally. And it's not just he cares about because of a cause he wants to throw his name at. I mean, he grew up in a rough area. I mean, LeBron wasn't always the multi-million dollar great, you know, finance guy. I mean, LeBron grew up in a poor area and stuff. So, I mean, listen to what other people are saying. And, you know, um, it's important. Um, We need to kind of get back on track a little bit. Uh, The second story, I'll throw a link in. Uh, We kind of talked about this already uh there was a good story in the Columbus Dispatch in the weekend about Nakia Brian. Uh it went into some of the details about why she got put into foster care. A lot for us to discuss. And Brandon, I, I think it's gonna take too much time to go into it. Uh, but you know, understand, read the article, understand that look, you know, our foster care system, they're doing the best they can. I'm not saying they're bad people that run it. It's just we need better parents. Um it's hard. Um, my wife and I are flawed. I mean, we're doing the best we can. We struggle at times, too. And it's amazing that the foster care people come and say, wow, you guys are so great. And we're like, no, we fail. We argue It's tough." And they're like, well, look at other families. <laughs> you know, they're going for tough times. Um, so, you know, for the sake of these kids, you know, if you can help, help. If you can't personally uh, parent, encourage others to do it. I mean, it, it's so much needed right now.
1: Um, I, know, I know we're kind of back on time cut kind on of time but real quick on this foster oh, yeah. care issue aspect it's just I feel like this is the biggest underreported story for in for a while now I, I there are so many small I see so many small story snippets here and there about you know kids aging out of the foster care system without really developing human relationships or um never really finding you know family or really connecting with people when when they aged out or you know, like stories like these, like Brian's story. I just, it's, we, we desperately need reform in this, in this area. I, I've, I, and I get really angry with, with, um, with the fact that, you know, um, you know, with, I understand with folks from on the both sides of the abortion debate, but it's just like, we are literally going to send a lot of unborn people, you know, who, if we, you know, the heartbeat bills pass or any other restrictions and if we do not improve our infrastructure um, to support kids after after they're born and if, you know, if parents can't afford to keep them, if that's why they were looking for an abortion in the first place um, or if they were um, just not – they were – they were for whatever reason. You know, if they have to give up their child, I mean, we, we cannot make – we cannot have them become another Bryant in the system. Um, that's just unacceptable. And um, – you know, regardless of your opinions on that aspect of the debate, I think it's, I think we can all agree this needs reform. I mean, I, there was some statistics here that I had a while back, but, you know, um, it was predicted like um, right now back, this was probably a few, some some years ago, but um, it was predicted that our, you know, number of um, children in foster care could increase in Ohio, by the way, could increase rise to 19,000 by 2020. I don't know what that number actually turned out to be, but That was a shot up from what the state was currently doing at the time, which was seventy four hundred foster homes. Um, That's a spike, and partly because of the opioid epidemic. Um, You know, we're and now, if we're not doing well with just like that increase, I mean, I hate to see what we do when if we send more kids down this path. It's it's unacceptable to me. It makes me very angry when this is not being part of the conversation. Um, so that's all I want to say on that for now, especially the fact that, you know, you know, if, for those, for those who are saying, well, Brian had a knife and she did not deserve to be shot. Still shooting her to death was, is like, I mean, in terms of this, in the frame of that, of the, of these statistics, um, you know, uh, we, we need to, our system needs to make sure that she should not have been in that position to begin with. It's, is kind of my take on that. So that's all I'll say on that, and uh, hopefully people will think about that in, well, the, in the coming days.
0: Yeah, I guess the overall point is in police, and there's there's some cases where you have to use lethal force, and we I mean, there's always these examples that out there, that's out there. But let's do a better job of keeping people alive when we go and confront people in a police situation. Um. You know, I mean, the Derek Chauvin, George Floyd thing is a perfect example of that. There's no reason why George Floyd should have died during that incident. I mean, it was ridiculous to even think about that. So let's work to keep more people alive. Um, real quick on your abortion point. Yeah, it is a valid point And, you know, I'm, I'm more on the um, anti-abortion side personally. But I say that with a caveat to say, hey, if you're... You know, religious or, or wherever you're at on the anti, you know, on the anti-abortion standpoint, do something about it. Don't just say, "Hey, you know, keep banning abortion or wherever or whatever the case might be." Provide support for families. Provide support for young women that are in that situation. Um, do something about it. Don't just, you know, yell about politically. How do you support young, you know, young girls that are pregnant? Because that stuff happens. It's going to continue to happen. Well, put your faith into action. Do something that will actually help people. Don't just talk about it. I mean, that's, and right now it's just so much talk. And, you know, I encourage churches not just to, you know, write a letter to the editor or whatever else the case might be, how, how do you give money? How do you personally support? How, how do you even offer, you know, to adopt a baby? You know, I mean, sometimes women are forced to abortion because they have nowhere to go. And the only person telling them abortion's wrong is somebody who's just yelling at them about it and not doing anything to help them out. So help somebody out. Uh, show your faith in action. I mean, that's really what faith should be about, not just yelling at people so all right well let's let me try to transition from a a serious topic um gotta get a couple of um you know friendly advice for our listeners because obviously we appreciate you listen to the show, but whatever you can do to support it would really appreciate it uh so let me um mention Chase Bank it's one of our affiliate um sponsors um hey, if you need a bank, and you know we all do at times uh Chase banks worked for me um Go to our um, link on our website. Uh, it's right in where you're listening to this podcast right now. Click on Chase, sign up for an account, uh, attach a direct deposit. You'll get 200 bucks. Uh, a great way of helping you out. And again, you know, Chase has helped me out as well. Um, you know, Mainly Man Company. If you're looking for a unique gift for the guy in your life. Um, you Know gifts can be really boring right now. Sometimes you're buying the same stuff. Uh, you can get um bouquets of bacon, you can get all kinds of crazy fun stuff at Manly Man uh company. So, if it's your dad, boyfriend, spouse, boss, you know, what whoever it might be, a unique gift for there, it should uh, try Manly Man out. Uh, and again. Uh, look for the link on our podcast page, or whatever provider you to listen to the podcast. On click on it and try it out. It'll be fun for you and help us out as well too. Uh, Brandon, a couple of fun things I just want to mention at the end of our podcast. Um, interesting. We we talked about Urban Meyer. Just you know, um, you know, being the former Ohio State coach has been interesting. Um, oh, Brandon, you weren't here for this. I got to mention this to you. The craziest story about Urban Meyer, uh, the dispatcher ran a story last week talking about how he sold his house here in the Dublin area, uh, which is a nice suburb about northwest of Columbus, which makes sense. I mean, he's now the coach of Jacksonville. He wants to move down there. The guy who bought Urban Meyer's house had previously owned Luke Fickle's house. So there's a Columbus couple that have bought the last couple homes owned by Ohio State coaches. I thought that was amazing. What what a collection! Uh, Brandon, you're a fan of the Columbus Crew. Uh, would you want to live in the house of a former Crew coach, like whoever the Crew coach was before um, Caleb Porter? Right now.
1: Well, um, I you know their house houses are probably nice, but not as probably as nice as Urban Myers. Um, Probably, I'm pretty happy with where I'm living at right now. You know, oh, yeah. I'm kind of, uh, you know, uh, mater- not, materialism is not my thing.
0: <laughs> well, but um, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, everyone's like, "Hey, I'm the biggest Ohio State fan. I'm the biggest fan of whatever team." Man, what better way of showing that you're a fan of the team is living in the former house of a player or a coach? I mean, yeah. how better can you support your team? You might say, "Hey, I have all their." <laughs> baseball cards or whatever. I mean, man, you, you
1: have their I old house. I don't think that they're going to take, they're not going to take any of, it's just a house they live in. They're not taking, yeah. they're probably, you know, unless you, you, unless you see some sort of, you know, play, play, uh, play making or drafting of plays or whatever, I guess like on some, they, they've scribbled it on the wall. <laughs> it's yeah. probably going to be, they probably would paint that up, that over too, you know? So it's, it's um not worth, it's just a house like any other house you'll buy, you know? I mean, Normally they get paid. I, you know, I don't think the crew coaches probably get paid as generously as a uh, Urban Meyer was, but uh, you know, um, they probably yeah, still have. Those are probably some nice houses up in the suburbs of Columbus or whatnot. So. Yeah,
0: you know, so they think think. We'll leave a poster, or, or, or say they have like lifetime season tickets or whatever. You don't know, think they're gonna leave them under the pillow? Yeah, house warm you get for the next <laughs> homeowner. You
1: know? Oh, that'd be sweet though. I'll yeah, it's just. I sell my house right after that. And (laughs) she's like, I got season tickets from this. I'm good. don't need to move in. Uh, We'll put this house back on the market and sell it for, for, for even more money. Um, Yeah. Yeah, It it just, it made me laugh because I mean, and
0: the guy dealt with two different coaches. I mean, Hey, you know, you might happen to buy a former house with a coach, you know, it's a good story to tell. But when you give up that house for the most current, former coach of Ohio State. Very strange. I love to have these guys on the podcast. I know dispatch is having trouble contacting for a story because that's the story right there. Um, but I wonder, I mentioned Urban Meyer. It was interesting because we've talked about, hey, since he's going to Jacksonville, what's his ties going to be to Columbus? Um, he has a restaurant in the Dublin area. But I guess Urban is opening a Short North restaurant on May 12th, which is a week from today called the Urban Chop House. What a name. I, I thought that would be kind of good. It's actually uh, a joint venture between Urban Meyer and uh, Central Ohio Restaurant tour, uh, Chris Corso. Uh, it's going to be upscale steakhouse. Uh, are, are you in the steakhouse? Are, are you head down there a week from now?
1: Um, I probably probably not. I just got back from vacation, so I spent a lot of my money on vacation. But... um. You know, if there's ever opportunity, normally, I don't even really, I've not been to some of the nicer eateries in Columbus. I'll have to say that. I mean, I've been to some, probably more of a, you know, pub food kind of level spending or food truck level spending. So, um, you know, if I ever have an opportunity to eat at a steakhouse, sure. This will be, that'll be kind (coughs) of fun. But, uh, um, you know, uh, it's, it's just, it's kind of an interesting way that urban still has a presence in the city after going to Jacksonville. Um, and um, we'll have to see how how maybe we'll get some more Jacksonville Jaguars fans uh, in Columbus. Who knows? I got to admit, I don't dislike steak. I mean, if you put a
0: steak in front of me, I'll eat it. I don't crave steak. So I'm sure there's other foods there. It's not just steak. But I'm not a real big steak guy. Stuff, yeah.
1: I love steak. I mean... I just don't know if I could, I, I can't, I guess I can't, I can usually get some steak for my local grocer, but, um, or, you know, Aldi That's my local grocer <laughs> should be colorified. That's not, not local, local, but, uh, um, you know, it's always great to put it out on the grill and whatnot, but, um, yeah. Um, usually whenever I go out to a, a chain restaurant, it's, you know, portions are really small and it's not satisfying. So, um, um, yeah. Um, but I just never really have a reason to go to a steakhouse. It's like, oh, you know, partly maybe it's because my wife a bit of a, is a vegan in that sense. Yeah, so that's probably partly why. So come in and watch me eat this Urban Meyer steak. Well,
0: if you're mad at her, that could be a big, hey, I'm at you. So we're going to the steakhouse. No, you know, it'll be, be interesting. Um, yeah, so check it out if you want to check it out. Um, I'm sure Urban's pretty busy in Florida, so. I wouldn't expect to see daily visits from Irvin Meyer, but maybe in the off season, you'll see Irvin Meyer. Uh, kind of a fun story of the weekend at the NFL draft. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of these teams will um, release phone calls when the coaches call the players and say, hey, you're you're drafted, and the player's excited. Uh <clears throat> They've become a pro. And Irvin Meyer, he was the coach of a Titan named Luke Fick, Luke Farrell. And Luke Farrell got drafted by Urban Meyer. It was kind of fun listening to the phone call. Uh, he was happy. Man, he, it was the guy who recruited him to go to Ohio State, and now he picked him to go to the pros. So kind of a interesting thing with Luke, with Luke Farrell and Urban Meyer. So, yeah, check out Urban Meyer's restaurant uh, if you can. Uh, before we get to our final story, I, I definitely wanted to mention Ashley Home Store, another affiliate marker. If you, if you listen to the show for any time, you've heard us talk about Ashley Home Store. Uh, hey, if you're looking for furniture, uh, I know it's a pain right I know COVID isn't as intense as it was in the past, but you still want to be careful. You might say, hey, I want to shop online. I don't want to have to go out to the furniture store and be hassled. Well, actually, Home Store, a great online selection, and they will deliver it to you. And, man, uh, Brandon, when I, Go buy furniture. Part of the pain is, you know, our cars aren't that big, so do you rent a truck? What do you do? It, it's so freeing to have the ability for, to have somebody deliver that to you, especially when you don't have to leave your house. I mean, you can order a sofa and they'll bring it to you. So uh, check out Ashley Furniture uh, Home Store and check out the link on our website. It'll help you and it'll help us as well. Um, I wanted to finish out with this, Brandon, and I'll be honest, I haven't test- checked this out that much, but I'm curious to see how it is, and we'll have to kind of talk in the future about this. Uh, we always like talking about new social media outlets. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago we talked about Clubhouse, and I'm okay with Clubhouse. The issue I'm having with Clubhouse is, yeah, it's a um, like a social media feature that has like live meetings um, where you could start a room. It could either be, I say, hey, Brandon, what's you, me, and Craig? Let's talk on Clubhouse. We could do that for free. Or we could have a public meeting where we say, hey, let's talk on Clubhouse and we'll invite people to come join us. And we could talk and we could let them ask questions and everything. The issue I'm having with Clubhouse right now is that, you you can schedule them but if you don't listen to it live it's gone so like you know if we were doing our podcast on clubhouse if you don't listen to it live you'll never get a chance to listen to it i know for many people their schedule doesn't work that way i mean not everyone gets up at 6 a.m to listen to a podcast um so i like the fact of being able to re-listen to things down the road well twitter spaces um they've actually been testing it for a while I've actually listened to one or two of them. I put for work. Um, it's it's going to be released, and they're saying, "Hey, it's for small intimate conversations or big discussions with thousands of listeners." Um, kind of taking a look at this. Are, are you that familiar? Have you heard that much about Twitter Spaces at all?
1: Yeah, I've seen. I've seen it. I've actually seen it for a while now on, as an option on my Twitter accounts, um, and I know some people have used it. I haven't really. I haven't really found a a need or a desire to use that those features. Um, It's um, it's and clubhouse has always fascinated me. I just haven't really, really figured out a way that would make it. I I haven't seen any value for what I could use it for. What, what kind of interactions I can get out of it. Um, But yeah, it's always good to have these kind of tools, I guess. And you never know. Um, Sometimes I think when Twitter came out, I mean, my gosh, I mean, we weren't sure how how we can how we can use twitter i mean i think people were still kind of exploring and and it wasn't really until like you know it it was a way to provide we realized it was a way to provide like real-time information and chunk size bytes, um with some drawbacks of course but um because of the character limits but um yeah i mean who knows spaces might find might find or clubhouse might find a, a niche in those circles like when they figure out what it's really good to use for. And of course, coming out during a pandemic, when zoom, zoom calls are, or even though they're so slowly um, fading, we're are kind of, we're getting back to sort of a weird normalcy. I mean, it's, it's a good time to test it right now.
0: I'm curious. I'm, I'm re- scrolling through the USA today story. I don't see a clear answer here. I'm wondering if you could save a chat on Twitter spaces. I'm not seeing um, a, a clear answer to that, um, because to me, if you can't save those conversations, I'm not sure what the value, I'm not sure what the difference between Twitter, Twitter spaces and Clubhouse. Uh, obviously, Twitter's more available. Uh, Clubhouse right now is only available on um, your iPhone. If you don't have an iPhone, you're out of luck. Uh, I think Clubhouse is trying to eventually make it where you can get on your laptop or other device like that, Uh, but it's not there yet. Uh, I'll be interested. I'm kind of looking at my phone now because you also have to have over 600 followers. Well, I've got a counter too that has that, and I'm trying to see. Give me a second here. Trying to see if I have that ability. I imagine I have the ability, Brandon. But to be honest with you, it's not really clear how to set that up. Are you seeing how to set it up?
1: Oh, uh, how to set up a uh, like spaces. Spaces. I mean, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing the option on my Twitter. So, huh? Oh, maybe yeah. they took it down
1: already. <laughs> yeah. Being a well, oh, I- wait. Um- I, it works on what on uh, works on one of my accounts. Let's see. Yeah, it's very weird. Well, I,
0: I've got here my my main account. Uh, definitely is over six hundred. I'm looking. I, I didn't see the option on my laptop. So I'm looking at my cell phone right now. There is a a space where you can record audio. Um. Yeah, so like right now I'm recording a audio tweet on what I'm doing. If if I hit done, yeah, but that's like Twitter voice. That's on Twitter Spaces, huh? It'll be interesting to check. I I think that's the one thing that frustrates me about this, uh, because when they were testing Twitter Spaces, it was hard for people to get to. I know for work, our MLS reporter in. Well, actually, it was both. The MLS reporters here in Columbus and in Cincinnati, they had a Twitter Spaces chat with every Gannett paper that had an MLS team. And it was nice, but if you didn't have a direct link to it, it was hard to find that Twitter space. Um, Same thing, um, a friend of mine, uh, she did a a, um, seminar on Instagram for newspapers. Well, I even had the link, and when I lost it, I have a hard time going back and finding it. So maybe it was because they were just testing it. But when it's hard to find that, you, you know, to me, it's like our podcast. You know, you've know, you got to get the podcast out there. you got to get the link out there. If you don't have the link out there, why use it? You know, you've got to make it more available for people. And I think when it's hard to find the Twitter space, it, it kind of makes it a little bit harder to understand how that service works. So. I, yeah, I, so we'll have to test. We'll have to test out. I'm always up for things like get our podcast out to more people. Uh, but the interesting thing about it is again, you have to make it clear and available. That it's a great thing about Anchor, which is another sponsor of ours. We use that to help distribute the podcast. And Anchor makes it easy. You just upload the podcast and sends it out the providers right away. It makes it easy. And um, I think Twitter Spaces, this guy hit that niche if it's going to become more popular. So, again, this was just announced Monday. We're here Wednesday, so we'll have to kind of give a look, you know, read some more about it, and we'll report back to you when we hear more. So, should be interesting. All right. Well, Brandon, anything else that's
1: happening? Any shout-outs or any final thoughts? Final thoughts? Uh, No, nothing to really add. Uh, um. Just yet, we didn't get really a chance to talk about it yesterday, but it was May the 4th, so a lot of Star Wars stuff was flying around. But uh, we have Disney Plus go and give the Bad Batch a checkout, a, a checkout. Check it's a new series that came out, spin off of the popular Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Um, it was actually a surprisingly good episode, I enjoyed it a lot, so um, um, yeah, that's all I have really to add, Chris. Okay, I've um, you know, I've had,
0: I don't know, I, I'm not against Star Wars. I just never got into it. So, um, yeah, I saw the tweets and the posts and the stories about Star Wars. I'm past the point of arguing people that should like something or not. I just haven't gotten into it yet. And one of these days when I was getting Star Wars, you guys keep telling me I won't be disappointed, but I just got to get there sometime. Is today Happy Cinco de Mayo? Or am I seeing a weird tweet?
1: Is it? Is it? It is Cinco de Mayo, yeah. Okay, wow well. uh, so, so, celebrate, go out and get some, uh, go out and celebrate this holiday that we've kind of appropriated uh, from, uh, but uh, it's a drinking holiday, but by all means, uh, go out and have fun, if you can. Kind of dreary here in Columbus, not sure what, if it's beautiful in Ohio, uh, in other parts, by all means.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a drinker, but my wife loves Mexican food, so maybe I could talk her into you know, getting some Mexican takeout somewhere, but I don't know. Um, yeah, speaking of that, I gave a shout-out the other day for Taco John's. We need some more Taco John's in Columbus. Uh, I I got one in Mansfield on the way up somewhere uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So All right, well, happy Cinco de Mayo. Apologies for not... Um, doing our May Fourth Star Wars uh, Star Wars thing yesterday, but yeah, check it out. Check out the show on Disney Plus, and I need to check out the movies. I, I gotta sit and watch the movies one of these days. I'll definitely report back. Well, Brandon, hey, thanks again. It'll be good. Um, we'll probably uh, see Craig back tomorrow again. Another full day of Ohio news. I'm sure is coming up um be sure to check it out and th- thanks again for checking out the highland uh, you guys all have a great day